everybody and welcome to Run to the Hills podcast episode 110. We talked to John Harris. What a guy. Oh, you, you ladies are going to enjoy this one. Uh, what a guy. Done some amazing things. Uh, thank you so much to Cheer Charge for sponsoring the podcast. I did a new thing with a Cheer Charge bar that I've never done before. Oh my goodness. Where's this going? <laughs> I mixed. I mixed. I made a melange of Cheer Charge bar and a Lion bar. Ooh. A heady combination. That was my fueling for my first long spine hike. And I Cheer Charge barred it up. And then I Lion barred it up. And actually, I did even cross-contaminate. I wonder if you could do a... I wonder if you could do a deep fried um It felt a bit dirty, to be honest. I don't normally eat stuff like a lamb bar, but I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to be like, could it need to be able to eat anything? I need to be able to eat anything. And that's not a chore eating a lion's bar, is it? I mean, I did enjoy that chocolatey, gooey goodness. Anyway, more about that, because there's a whole story, whole stories to be told. How you doing? What you doing? Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks. You got a t-shirt on today. Last week you were freezing, and this week you're in a, a yeah, hot it's, <laughs> it's still very blustery, um, but the, definitely the temperature's up a few degrees, so that is quite nice. It's a very nice t-shirt, and one team one. I um, a friend a friend friend ordered it, and it was too small for him, so he gave it to me. Very very generous. Do your friends do that a lot. They like it's too small. It's good, Gary. <laughs> But Gary, yeah, I bought this from a 10-year-old, these jeans are too small. Well, Give I do it. like a bit of uh, children's course. I'm doing a nice little line in uh, children's course. They're super cheap. But uh, apart from that, running-wise, we did. I went to the lakes on Saturday, Saturday Sunday. Saturday, oh, I think it was Saturday. Rob, Robbo, Aaron, Aaron and myself, we did a recce of Tudor Helvellyn, the second part of it, really, the loop around Helvellyn. And that was good. We had doms. <laughs> I still got a little bit of doms now with Tuesday. Oh, they're okay. And I was a bit surprised. I didn't think I would have um, doms, but I think basically what it is, I, I looked at the distance for the race, 35 miles and about 7,000 feet of elevation. I know people who have done the two day available know it's not, that's not exactly correct, but to keep it yeah. simple. So I need to do, in theory, 200 feet of um, elevation per mile of training if I like to keep my, I always like to keep. I, I, I've latched onto this Eddie from somewhere. This ratio of distance per elevation. It's I've got good. no idea. Is, is that a legitimate thing? It's a legitimate training tool. It is good to have your eye on it. Okay. Well, I think it's going to be oh something beeped. Then <laughs> it's not me. I don't think. <laughs> but calling I think us, it's Gary. Be... <laughs> They're calling us. <laughs> I think it's going to be super hard to do that because then. Um, again, to keep the numbers really simple, if I do a 70-mile week, that's 14,000 feet of elevation. I just can't see that happening. No, where, you at your knees. <laughs> well, yeah, do I? where do I add that in? I'm thinking maybe then introduce a weighted hike because I don't want to run all of that volume. Mm. And, and this is another observation I made after going to Hellville and why I've been struggling to hit that 20 hours a week exercise mark because I've not been over the lakes and take doing a 25 minute mile walking up a mountain and stuff like that. <laughs> you see so good I can hit easily hit 20 hours with a lovely a lovely hike five hour hike three miles 
<laughs> so yeah, a few little observations, but it was really good. Um, and I enjoyed it. But yeah, I'm super jealous. I'd love to live somewhere where you could literally. So from where we parked the car to the top of Sticks Pass, roughly four mile, just going up. It's not massively steep. Um, and Sticks Pass is is a pass. It's not like the summit of Helvellyn. But yeah, to have a, the luxury of having a four-mile climb, um, that would be awesome. Say, this morning, quite often, this is a good little tip, is um, when I do the school run, I just drive to somewhere different that isn't very far, like five minutes away from the house. Yeah. But it's will start my run in a different location. So you oh. get a little bit further to somewhere else, or you just run a loop a bit different. Because we live in a steep-sided valley, You, I end up running the same bit of path to get to the trail, and it yeah. just bores me so i just drive somewhere different so i start my run somewhere different and then i i do like a loop the wrong way around oh my god (laughs) it was so beautiful oh my god it was so beautiful the colors were amazing and i was like i'm so like didn't see a soul just the cows and lindy and it was just i was like i'm so lucky i sent Bryn a picture of this most beautiful i mean this sort of scene that you see in like the instagram shots of like the north face athletes yeah and Bryn sent me one back of him watching this powerpoint in his office and i was like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the light at this time of year when you catch it you get that golden hour wow uh... and the sun is just coming over the mountain it's like that cold but not free and it's not raining anyway digress carry on <laughs> so yeah that was good but yeah just really i don't want to say jealous this is not a very productive word but i just wish i could get over to the lakes more i think i'll have to go down to castle and dean and uh do more of those hills in there we can still get the elevation to miles ratio but they're just not the long long climbs but workouts wise i did um 10 minutes and then it was five times three minutes and then 10 minutes, all a threshold pace. I'm obs- again, I'm obsessed with threshold pace. For people who are running, <laughs> for people who are running, they said the Bear with us. Bear with us. It's okay. <laughs> why, why, why am I really running a threshold pace? I, I, um, I'm a bit puzzled it's like by that. Scale. It's like a scale, isn't it? So if you, you push up that threshold pace, you push up that threshold pace so that your long endurance pace gets mm. a little bit faster. That That's the sort of like, that's the sort of, you know, that's the, uh, I don't want to say the science, but that's the sort of reason why we do this faster stuff so that our longer stuff can become faster. We can work at the same intensity at the same heart rate, but we're going faster. But yeah. I also think a lot of it for ultra running is mental strength as well. Knowing, being able to do these hard sessions, um, knowing that you've done those hard sessions on the start line and when things get tough and stuff, yeah. bit of bit of, um, bit of resilience, a bit of like, I can do hard stuff, ticking those. Ticking it's those not on your face. Yes, not on your face, a bit of the dribble, a bit of the... You're going so fast, you can't even wipe the snot off your face because if you move, <laughs> it's over. It's when you then you go to public places and you get home and you realise you've just got loads of carnage all over your top. Every face. day when I go and put the kids up and I'm like, I sort of get out the car and I'm like, what am I, what am I appropriate? What am I wearing? How bad do I smell? Oh, goodness me. Yeah, that's always a... <laughs> But then we did a medium long run on Thursday, modified it slightly because a couple of the guys in the group had um, killed their marathon or half marathon. So we just did a kind of a medium long run for that. So all in all, you know, just under 80 miles, 8,000 feet and about 18 hours of exercise. But yeah, I'd like to double my vert, but without 
crushing myself. I think, yeah, maybe swap an easy day for a hike day. And, but then it's hours of time away. So yeah, I'm really kind of thinking, where the hell am I going to fit this in? What did I do Sunday? Yeah. Marshall on Sunday. That was awesome. So some listeners out on course, which was good. Um, <laughs> but to get up and to get to my Marshall job, basically I had to get up at 5.30. And I was out the door, I think, at 5.30 with Rex. So that was pitch black, head torch run. And even though I went to bed really early, I was just smashed for the rest of the day. I don't know how people do a super early alarm call and then function for the rest of the day. Hats off and salute you, everyone who does that. And then another vlog broke the internet and that was... um, Has there been another one out? Have I missed one? Yeah, Monday. Um, um, Yesterday (sighs) yesterday evening it went out. Because I've got to do a half hour warm up before my race tonight. So that will be it. Can catch yeah, it's up. It's only about 12 minutes. So you can. Uh, oh, perfect. It's in perfect. Yeah. But yeah, they are. Why? They're taking a lot of time. <laughs> I'm not hearing any whining. It's your own choice. <laughs> yeah. <Enjoy. it's, laughs> that told me. <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, I've actually chatted on quite a long time now. Yeah. I know. You've had a good week. I have had a. Yeah. It really does feel like a full and rich week. Have you had a full and rich week? Oh, such a full and rich week. I've got so much. Time. And actually, there's been requests for more Twittering from us, Gary. So yeah, I'm really ashamed <laughs> for babbling on. Right. Last time we chatted, uh, I was go it was the eve. It was the eve of the time trial race. Uh, so I did that. Uh, holy smokes. So one girl couldn't do it. She wasn't very well. So you meant to have six in the team, four across the finish line. One girl bailed on the day, not very well. Fair enough. Uh, we started the race, five of us. Um, and, uh, it's just so hard. The computer, like, it's just so hard to get, like one person will sprint off. And then I seem maybe this is cause I'm the worst. Like I seem to be like, I do my turn at the front and then I get dropped right to the back yes. by the time I've got back on. And then I'd be like Eddie next, Eddie taking the lead. And I'd be like, Oh, I oh, just, Oh my God. I've only just, <laughs> there was a girl that was uh, a little bit more tired even than me. And she kept, I'm she kept saying, I'm going to stop. And I was like, no, 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 don't please. <laughs> going on my god otherwise i'm gonna hang on anyway i managed to hang on i think only there was a hill at the end where i had to where i had to say okay just rain it rain it in a little bit and then the last three minutes and the lady on the radio so there's a lady on the radio who's not racing who's telling us what to do and she's like right all out and i was like is she oh. on a bike as well she's just gone for a poodle or she just no, she's just them. watching the computer stream oh, this is like proper i can't I believe know. it she's like okay get okay ladies just all out and i was like oh i've been going all out for the last 45 oh, minutes wow. <laughs> and i just had to like i just thought i just like it's, it's it must be so bad for your eyes because i'm like willing myself to stay with these cyclists anyway I hung on I hung on I'm sure they could have all done a ton better without me um but uh and then as we stopped pedaling and because like with running I guess well no I think I've done it running too but the the cycling I stopped I literally was like I was like oh my god this is the lactate was so bad that was like that was like even though the actual race wasn't as hard as the other races because you're in that like you were doing this like circle of like heinous effort but then you can let the heart rate come down a bit but the last bit i did i was i worked quite hard 
Um, and I reinforced myself as the number four in the team. <laughs> Definitely the number four. The others were so strong. But did you have five starters? I know you're supposed to have six, but you had yeah, five starters. Five starters. So again, you get that little bit less of a rest then if you've yeah. not, you're not going to be in it because you've got oh, the yeah. rest. You got it. That little bit of rest, me. It's massive. It's a bit like like trying to do like sets of. Um, so then you're pulling at the front for like forty seconds or so. It's a bit like doing like a two hundred meter sprint. Mm. If you had six people in the train, it'd be much easier than yeah. Well, anyway, it was fun. Enjoyed it. Done it. This week tonight is six seven laps of this course, and there's a massive sprint every lap and I tried it yesterday and I was like no I'm not no no Eddie can't sprint my poor legs um I think, so I'm you're doing awesome. I think it's better just to I'm just gonna be useless I'll try my best do they have rules is it quite strict and you could do something that would get you disqualified uh if you're too strong you get disqualified but you have to have a heart rate monitor on um I don't know what else other rules that there would be so you can't like um you can't like um suddenly just jump in you have to have this power file of shows like mm. previous races and stuff like that uh anyway running wise last week it rained all week I joke you not if anyone's ever been out in the mountains and the mountain rain is different it's like a sort of continuous it's just this just like shower of constant icy horrendous water it literally rained eight days nine days oh god it was heinous anyway it was great training for all my kit my waterproof socks deck shell thank you dear lord i didn't wash them a week i just dried them out uh and i wore them for everyone (laughs) they were amazing uh i did my last set of non-weighted hill reps six by five minutes felt great i mean let's face it i need to get t-shirt nothing is as hard as a swift race so six by five minutes i was like (laughs) easy this (laughs) well that's good i think that's good mental training and we talk about this quite often i always draw back on a really rough race or a rough workout to go yeah i can do this i can do that's nothing six by five minutes in the pissing down rain i can do that uh went off i lit i did about 18 19 hours of training last week and i did every single minute apart from my swift racing by myself it was quite a long lonely week but you know that's it that's life in it long yeah. run in the snow gary i had to do i had to i was a bit worried about going up I, I wanted to do my loop, but I knew that there'd be a lot of snow on the sort of pass bit to get over. I knew, I didn't know how deep it was going to be, how much rain, blah, blah, blah. So I did sort of ups and downs. It was still lovely, still lovely to see the snow. And the biggest thing I started was I started my first weighted hike with my rucksack. So I put all my mandatory kit into the rucksack. I think I've got everything now, um, but I didn't pay any food. I didn't put the big food in, which is going to weigh a lot. Um, went off to do three hours hike. What was the weight? Sorry. It was 3.2, 3.5 kilograms. My kitchen scales are a bit iffy. And Rory had to like hold them, like balance it. So it's about, it was, I'm pretty pleased with that. I'm pretty pleased with that weight. Yeah. I've got to add in, uh, I didn't put my spikes in. I've got to find those. They're somewhere. Um, and I didn't have the maps in because I don't really want to carry the maps because they'll get soggy and... Yeah. Uh, but I think that was everything, even like the poo shovel, the tissues, the matches for the stove. I think I pretty much had, so I'm pretty happy. I really don't want it to be over 
five and a half, six kilograms. Yeah. Gonna try. Um, uh, so yeah, put it on. So excited about my first hike. Do, 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 do. Um, beautiful day. Uh, and off I went with my lion bar and my cheer charge bar. And I was going to try and have my heart rate monitor on. I wanted to keep it really low heart rate, but also just have a little look to see how fast I could hike comfortably hike of course I then was like starting to like right gonna be able to do four minute mile four minute four minute miles four miles an hour um and I didn't want to do any really long ups <laughs> everyone listening would be like we'd love to be able to do really long ups but yeah I to do lots of ups and downs to because that's much more penine way than you know two hours up two hours down which I can easily do so sort of like trying to choose a route set off happy hike I was like this is amazing Anyone that's, I've never hiked like the path that I run every day. Okay. I was like, I actually don't think I've ever walked on this path. It's mind blowing. You can look around the river. It's kind of it's such a lovely time. I'd taken my AirPods because I thought I might want to listen to something, but it was a hunting day. So I was like, I'm not actually going to listen to anything. Your wits you have, about you. <laughs> you've got to keep your wits about you. Um, so I forget. Anyway, walked around to town, three or four miles in looking at the scenery and went absolute ass over tit in mm. the biggest load of cow shit. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Not only did I fall and I fell like from my face, like one oh. side, looked like a Marvel character. All the, and I, cause I had my poles, I didn't put my hand down and I like slipped and it went all up my lovely montane spine jacket, sky blue. Oh, cow poo all the way down. Oh, and my God. Come out of my poles. Like, uh, all I really hurt my fingers. I just had cow everywhere. Like, literally, like, oh, down my cheek, all in my hands, all down. My, I was like, oh, this hike is rubbish. I hate hiking. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sad. I was like, okay, stand up, <sighs> shake it off. It really hurt too. I really hurt my shoulder. I was like, ah. Oh. And I've got, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Imagine if this was the spine. I had five more days. I was absolutely covered in gas. So one thing I'm definitely, my luxury item is definitely going to be some sort of cloth, wow. which I can, uh, <laughs> I can wipe. Because I was like, it was like all over my hands. Oh, I was like, gross. oh, this is hideous. I tried to get the best off. And then it was all down my handles of my pot. I was so sad. Anyway, got to get on with it. I was like, I really smell the cow poo. And the flies were like circling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carried on, carried get As it dried, I was able to like fluff it off. Anyway, carried on. Lovely hike. I did find like I didn't really actually notice the weight. I guess because I'm used to like skiing with a rucksack on yeah. and walking. I didn't really. The only time I really noticed it was when it was really steep, and mm. I didn't know it also whether it was the the end. 16th, 17th, 18th hour week of training. So I was like, this could just be fatigue. The steep stuff I was like, it's quite hard. Actually, I was looking at my like gap pace. I was better hiking uphill than on the flats. Like I was faster moving. That's interesting. So I need to work on my flat walking speed like we all do. But I managed 2,000, I think it was about 2,300 feet and just over 11 miles in three hours. And the conditions were very, like it was totally, the mud, the cow shit. Uh, it was bad. It wasn't fast walking conditions, a lot of it. It was a lot of boggy stuff. And every time I saw bog, I'd like, walk, right, walk in the bog. Yeah. Intentional. <laughs> Test the socks out. Um, 
Uh, anyway, I uh, halfway through my my hike, I thought I'll message Bryn and tell him and send him the cow and the poo emoji because that would make that. <laughs> um, and so I got my phone out, sent that message, carried on the hike. Anyway, last last ten minutes, I was like, "This, I'm I'm so good at this. I'm so good at this hiking. I'm going to listen to a song for the last ten minutes, finish off my lovely walk." Went to search for my brand new AirPods. Oh no. And they had disparoued. They had gone, where have they gone? <coughs> you all know where they are, don't we? We all know where they fell out. Anyway, I was like, oh. and Bryn had just bought them for me because my other ones, the batteries don't last for longer than five minutes. He, I was like, now, do you tell the, your, your beloved that you've lost them or do you just order them and replace them? <sighs> oh, I was like, so the last 10 minutes, instead of listening to a lovely Take That song, I was like, oh, no. Oh, God, he's good. And he gets really annoyed about that sort of thing. I was like, oh, I got a stressful 10 minutes. Stressful. Anyway, got home. Felt felt fine. Like I had a recovery shake and electrolyte. And I was like, I feel, you know, feel a bit tired because I've been outside in the autumn air for three hours. But this is easy came clean about the airpods everybody you'll be pleased to know i came clean i couldn't do that our our, our marriage cannot they can't be built on lies <laughs> um, and he was like you're gonna lie about trainers <laughs> oh yeah that's fine that's fine um and uh so he said should we go out and look i was like oh anyway he spent all afternoon retra he took he took my strava and went out and retra he was like what were you doing because i did all this like bog searching down around he was like I can you're like why are you coming down that bit of the path anyway he spent about three hours looking for them I then spent the next yesterday looking for them no sign disc gone it's very hard to find airpods in when there's leaves and everything oh so sad anyway yesterday woke up Gary I could barely come down the stairs I've not had that bad doms so my my butt cheeks were so sore oh I went on a recovery run I had to keep stopping and rubbing them I'm not good at hiking I was like oh my god this is I've got such a lot of work to do I hope other people get sore from hiking um and maybe it was because it was so muddy that the glutes were working really hard and they're not used to I actually found like walking downhill really I wanted to run find it much easier running downhill than walking downhill um anyway oh my god honestly yesterday the sorest I've ever been from like not from a race I was like I feel like I've done a race yesterday and I just hiked with three and a half kilograms on my back oh my god I've got a long way to go this lady's got a long way to go and then I had to go and have a massage and I was like if you you gotta be gentle on my butt cheeks um it felt a little bit better anyway I didn't do my evening session then I did I was so sore instead I did some yoga which is against my religion really I was like I can't I cannot do a little half I can't do anymore but I was like I'm just gonna have to do some stretching that's how bad it was anyway hopefully this time next week when I tell you about my next hike 
there'll be no cow or poo emojis and the doms will be a little bit less yeah 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 i think it will be i think it's funny how we're both suffering from doms <laughs> if i didn't live here if i'd been like okay you know i live in london and i went out for a hike i could understand it but i was like why am i yeah. what the, i also think maybe i didn't respect the recovery enough like i didn't drink enough and i got really maybe dehydrated i didn't drink enough during the the hike anyway um as the weeks progress now, the weight's going to go up and the distance is going to go up. So there's no time for butt cheek uh, pain. Look, I get on with it. <laughs> I think Doms, you, you adapt quite quick um, to the Doms. I noticed this with the Bob Graham round, getting back over there and going down some big slopes and then thinking, my goodness me. But then before you know it, you're okay. Yeah, let's hope. It's better today already, ready for the sprints tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's nonstop, isn't it? <laughs> Non-stop. Right. Talking of non-stop, we've had the, the huge race. <clears throat> I think this one should be on your radar, Gary. This would make excellent podcast content. Uh, do you know anything about Spartathlon? Well, not the kind of historical elements of it, but yeah, I've definitely heard about it. It's Dean Carnassus being on the show. And stuff. Oh, of course. Big fans of Dean. Uh, it's 40th year it's, uh, of the, the race running, the 150-mile route uh, between Athens and Sparta. And now there's quite a big GB team contingency that go out. I think it's really well organised. They have a great time um, pre, during and post the race. Uh, right, the men's winner now. I just pronounce, I'm just going to use, like I do with my French, how I say this. Zizi Mopoulos Fotis. Uh, he overcame an early wrong turn uh he actually ran an extra 7k and he still won he was behind i think he ended up in 12th place after he got back on course and he still won in 21 hours um recording the third fastest time in history and an hour faster than he did last year i reckon probably from what i've read he he made the wrong turn he got back on course and then he just chugged away overtaking overtaking but nice and well, not steady because he'll be running at a real clip, but he methodically worked through the race then. And I wonder if actually that was in his advantage. Um, slightly slowed him down. And Some then, people try and make it up too quick, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but he did a great, uh, that's amazing. So if ever yeah. you take a wrong turn in your local trail half marathon, you get raging. Think of Zizimol Publis. I can pronounce it completely differently that time. Uh, <laughs> it, oh gosh, in the, win- in the women's race, Diana Zaviza, from Latvia, who lives in Australia, one in 25 hours uh, and three Austria. seconds. What did I say, Australia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slight difference. Uh, Latvian living in Australia. She actually lives in Austria, one in 25 hours, three seconds. Second best time ever, only 15 minutes uh, off the wow, course record. Whew, smoking bass. It, I think it was also the second hottest year. I'm going to read you a little r- race report in a minute. Uh, notable GB results. Andy Day was the first guy in 27 hours and 53 minutes. And we actually have from the women's race, Ali Young. She finished in fourth place overall, first British women. And I actually got sent a little report on her race. Do you want to hear it? It's good. Go for it, yeah. Good. Okay. Um, here we go. It's a write-up. It's from... <laughs> a crew member of my buddy Ali's Spartathlon experience. Camille Heron, I'm going to read it word for word for word because I don't want to um, edit someone's words. Camille Heron dropped after a near miss with a van. It's very hard to put into words what an experience crewing the race is. So here's a few stats from Ali's run. 
153 miles, 36 degrees, 285,000 steps, 10,213 feet climbed, 28 hours, 57 minutes, four seconds, 13,621 calories burnt, of which they think she consumed 7,500 calories. Average pace, 11 minute, 21 second mile. 370 runners started the race, 200 DNFs, 75 aid stations, 15 crew stops, and one Ali Young. Love this. Okay. <laughs> to witness Ali run sub 29 hours, we were aiming for sub 30. On the second hottest year of the race was astonishing. With an hour to go, I did the calculation six times out loud as I thought I'd seriously miscalculated. She was just so fast. At the start, we dealt with a race-threatening squeaky trainer. Like a tap drift while trying to sleep, sleep, the noise would have really impacted her focus. With Vaseline and a hairbrush handle, we managed the offending part and fixed it. Incredible. <laughs> the start was at 6.45 a.m. The sun came up. The race was on. The heat was incredible. 36 degrees, eight hours in. Ice was at a premium. Runners struggling very early on. She cooled herself at every A station. She pushed on with the pace plan. A little quick for the first marathon. Perfect for the second. She was attacked by a stray dog, slipped down the back of the mountain at 101 miles. She struggled to keep any food down. She persisted, fought hard, listened and communicated. Sunrise came and one single cloud gave respite from heat for about 90 minutes. She was on for 30 hours. Continual recalculation of minimum pace needed to hit target. Brain fog made this very hard. We'd been awake by six, for 60, 26 hours by now. She was marching up the hills, apologizing to us for not running. And he's put the laughing emoji. And ran the rest, averaging two minutes per mile faster than needed. Six miles to go. And she was on for sub 24 hours. Surely not. Nine minute, 24 second average was needed for an hour. Her quad was spasming. It was 35 degrees downhill. She'd been awake for 30 hours, running for 28. She pushed on, managed an eight minute mile, averaging nine minutes, 15 seconds. Then she needed to walk. With 20 minutes to go, we didn't know where she was. Tracker said she had stopped. Heat exhaustion, sunstroke, muscle tear, dehydration, monkey emoji, hands over eyes. Uh, Will this be her first DNF? Not Ali Young. The tracker had failed. Not our Ali. With six minutes to spare, she turned the final corner. Anna, you spotted her white cap bobbing away. Sarah started breathing again. I got the Union Jack ready. I had to shout over the crowd noise and the children running with her that she had time to take the flag. We ran the last hundred meters behind her. She slowed a little so we could keep up. The cheering was immense. We were so proud of her. The tears flowed. She had done it. 21st overall. Holy smokes. Fourth woman. Third firstest time by a British woman ever. Her best run ever, in my opinion. This is Sparta. There's nothing quite like it. Thank you, Ali, for the experience. The day after the race, there is the peculiar tradition of the Sparta mile. One lap of the running track in your pants or naked. <laughs> the, these runners are mental. Anyway, Ali did that too. Oh my goodness, mate. Oh, I love the story. That is awesome. Wowzers. Well done, Ali. And you'll be pleased to know she will be coming on the show in the next few weeks. Eight minute mile. Loaded. Well done. Well done. Anyone who did Spartathlon uh, or any of those races. Very similar to Spartathlon. We had London Marathon as well, didn't we? Yeah, it is. I thought I'd have loads of formal because I was supposed to be there myself. And I, you know what? I wasn't, um, I've used jealous quite a few times <laughs> in this show. I wasn't at all. I quite enjoyed watching people's uh, journeys and days. It was good. But some listeners had some great uh, performances and they've been really kind and shared them with us. Um, Ashley Holbrook 
he had it awesome. So he, he wasn't at London, sorry, he was at Chester and finally cracked the three hours, two hours, 55 and 25 minutes. It's an awesome. Do you remember the first time he broke three hours, Eddie? It's, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I always have done, Gary. Don't like to go any slower. Actually, the first run, the first marathon I ever did was London Marathon with my mum when I was 18. Yeah, and it that's was right. Quite a, it was quite a um, an unknown, you know, that was quite a big, like, she's 18 and she's running the London Marathon. Yeah. And I think we broke four hours, but pretty impressed with that myself. Cheeky Ashley jumping on the London Marathon uh, thread. I like your, <laughs> I like your audacity. Third time of asking him to do it. Yeah, that's really, really awesome. And then Elaine Batson to 353.59. The last few miles weren't pretty, but after a summer mostly on the trails, she's very happy with a good voyage time. Awesome. Well done, Elaine. Yeah, that's good. When you get that good voyage and hopefully... Oh, you can keep it then as well, and then you're in. Once you get in as well. Well, you have to qualify, and then it depends on many people apply for the application. The good fridge time can kind of keep getting. For women, it's pretty. It's once you know if you get the time. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed yeah. it is. And then uh, Melanie Horan, she congratulated Ed White. I, I know Ed, he's part of the Northeast Marathon Club, and Melanie too. They're all part of this Northeast Marathon Club uh, movement. That sounds like it's a bit more than what it is. But Ed, 350, uh, he's a V70, and that is not only good for age, that's he's got, if he ever wanted it, and I'm not too sure if London was a qualifying race, but he's got a 30 minute buffer. For the Masters, uh, the England Vest, if you wanted that too. So, yeah, to be V70, smashing out that kind of time. And, and Ed runs a lot. You know, it's not like um, he saved himself for that one moment. He's like, you see, this marathon club, people just rock up, seems to be every week and smashing out a marathon. Thursday, 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 <laughs> smash out a marathon. But then, you know, Dave saw Melanie giving Ed a shout out. Then Dave Valiano gave Melanie a shout out and she ran sub four at um, Kayla Marathon. And that's quite a tough course, Kayla. Um it is all on nice trails, but you're going to get a, probably a couple of thousand feet of elevation around the lap of Kales Lake. And yeah, Dave Aliano was there too. Dave might be, forgive me if I'm wrong, Dave, he might be an ever-present. He's done every Kale There's a bunch of them. Obviously, you get every year getting a bit fewer and fewer. But yeah, well done, everybody there. Then last but not least, Andrew Entignap. Uh, he ran a marathon largely the opposite of London, Thetford Forest, no buildings on site, 30 competitors, and a wooden medal plus a banana at the finish. That sounds awesome. A lot. I've seen a lot of these wooden medals. I don't think I've got one, but yeah, banana at the finish. That sounds awesome, actually. 30 competitors. That's pretty intimate. And I wonder how it felt actually over a marathon. That would uh, be quite a yeah. quiet, <laughs> quite a quiet affair. Big shout out to our Patreon members again, Eddie. And as we promised, at the end of September, all the Patreon members got entered into a cheer charge random prize draw. And I Googled... Wheel of Fortune! Wheel of Fortune! That's what I've been thinking. Like the last 24 hours, I've been like, what is it? What is it? Oh, it's the Wheel of Fortune. I Googled it. It's some kind of... Uh, I can't remember what I've used, actually. But then this, this website popped up. So I typed everybody's names into this 
random random wheel of fortune and did the spin sent any of the um the what the, the little video i took via whatsapp and uh, yeah it's amazing it. if you can post that on the patreon page because it's well, hilarious it's, 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 but then it's sharing people's names isn't it so i didn't oh, want to... data protection yeah yeah, so I yeah really, all right but it is great and it goes to <laughs> if you were very close click, 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 click. yeah yeah it was pretty it was pretty exciting um, and you know thanks so much everybody who's joined patreon we've got over 20 on patrons over there so that is a it's a big help um, for us as we kind of progress with the podcast. The winner was, and I'm pretty sure Jonathan's done quite well with our uh, Run to the Hills competitions. It, yeah, it isn't fixed. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Zink took the win. He did so well done, Jonathan. Some cheap charge goodies will be on the way to you. And if you listen to this show, I'm pretty sure we've got your address. But yeah, reach out again just to remind me where to send your bits and bobs. Thanks, everybody. This week we caught up with not only John Harris, he goes by the real John Harris over on Instagram and he ran from London to Liverpool raising money for endometriosis. Yeah, really important charity that not many people know about. So it's super important that um, John did this and it's super important he came on the podcast too to spread awareness and share his story. It was really great. I'm going to catch up with uh, John. I hope you enjoyed. We are delighted this week to welcome John Harris to the Run to the Hills podcast. In July 2022, not that long ago, John completed a 370 kilometer run from Liverpool to London in 85 hours. Is that 80? 75, let's have yeah, it right. No, I was thinking, I'm sure I've recently <laughs> 75 hours. Wow, you didn't just jog around that, you steamed around that in support of the charity Endometriosis UK. We're so looking forward to diving into, uh, gosh, that setting yourself a challenge and then doing a challenge like that. Mind blowing. First of all, though, um, we are testing out a new way to start the, start the podcast. And as John actually has his own podcast, and I checked out his Instagram, he's quite a funny guy. He's got a bit of banter. We're starting the podcast in a new way. Uh, and so we're testing this out on you, John, if that's okay. We're going to start with a couple of icebreaker questions. We're not even going to let you speak before <laughs> I ask you these questions. Uh, <laughs> what is your most used emoji on your phone? Probably the cry laugh emoji, but it's the most <laughs> overused emoji because nobody's ever cry laughing. Outside of that, and as an ultra runner, probably the poo emoji. Cry emoji and poo emoji. Yeah. Also, you can get away with anything. I also like the wink one. Because <laughs> you can say anything and follow it with a wink. Uh, and be I like, love emojis. I love an emoji. <laughs> My eldest child has just been given a phone now. He's at secondary school and, and WhatsApp and has discovered emoji. But he doesn't really get the like the inappropriate <laughs> emojis of the story <laughs> He just sees them as like the bitch might think we need a bit of uh, second question before we get into the deep uh, the deep stuff of the interview if you could bring back any fashion trend what would it be Ooh, well I sort of 70s I, I live by the mantra of clashing is smashing so colourful <laughs> you know if, if it's fashionable if, if, if it's popular it's not fashionable so I, I like to dress I don't want to say controversially but I like to dress in bright colours. Um, that's a great, a great question for me. I would say 70s. Um, 
I wish I had hair that would go appropriate with the 70s as well. But yeah, definitely the 70s. What? You've got a good of, head of hair. Yeah, John, I think you could... Uh, I know, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'd like it to be okay to have, like, dreadlocks or... Not that it's not okay, yeah. but it's not work appropriate, shall we say. <laughs> um, yeah, 70s mad, crazy. In I your work, person. can you get away with a little bit of flamboyant dressing or do you have to save that for the weekend? No, I can get away with it. Um, I recently wore a butterfly shirt and a, and a fuchsia pink jacket. Um, as long as it's got a collar and a lapel for the jacket, then ah. challenge accepted. I, need that. <laughs> I think more people should do that. Work the trend. Come off. Uh, yeah. Go away from H and M, and uh, I, don't, I don't buy. That's I don't buy, What? What? Where else do you buy clothes from? I don't know. I don't buy clothes. <laughs> I just dress in my uniform of this black gilet and uh, a pair of jeans and a jumper, and it's not really. It's not as exciting. Well, I I, I try. And I, it's very difficult, especially for running stuff. Um, I find if you walk into a running shop, the men's section is more often than not just loads of different shades of grey. So if I grey, black, or maybe a teal, uh, maybe, maybe a teal. teal. If North Face have just done the teal thing, and I'm even that. So I, I have a rule that if I if I see something brightly coloured, I will just buy it and just have a sort of a slowly rotating catalogue of bright clothes because it's it's really difficult to to find. Um, bright stuff. Is I it think. Happy Stride? They're a brand. They they pretty much Happy Stride. They do. The so best. yeah, discovered them a couple of years ago. I became I've become quite good friends with the, the two guys. They're they're wonderful people who run the company. It's just a family family company. Um, Pete and Sam, and they are the brand. To be honest, the brand that I wish I invented um, <laughs> or came up with because they it's just bonkers, just bonkers yeah. colours, and that they have a lot of fun. Those guys. So they are the one brand that I. Uh, I'm pretty loyal to actually. It's funny you say about like the apparel generally is pretty grey, but then you go down to the footwear and pretty Larry down on people's feet. You nights on vapor flies. Uh, some awesome colours down there, but yeah. Should we move on and talk a bit about the challenge? Why this challenge, John? Um, raising funds and, and, and awareness. Yeah, could you share with our listeners uh, a bit about the challenge and yeah, why this challenge? Yeah, of course. So it was 370k from London to Liverpool for endometriosis UK. Now, London to Liverpool, it was, I should correct that, it was supposed to be 360k, but there was a couple of wrong turns, as I'm sure <laughs> anybody who, <laughs> it'd be weird if there wasn't. Um, why London to Liverpool? Well, endometriosis UK uh, charity headquarters in the centre of London. So we started there and Liverpool, because that's where my wife and I are having our fertility treatment. Okay. At a fertility centre called Care Fertility in Liverpool. Um, uh, I wanted to do something stupid. I've been running ultras for actually just last week was my two year anniversary of my first first ultra. So I'm, oh. I'm still relatively in my infancy of it and still learning. Um, so the ramp up from 50k to 370k is, is relatively short, but I, I yeah. wanted to do something stupid. So I asked my mates you know, what would you do? And they all, a lot of my friendship groups based in Edinburgh and they said, I'll run to Edinburgh. And that felt stupid. And, yeah. but we didn't have an emotional tie sort of um, my wife and I to Edinburgh. So then it, it's a similar ish distance uh, from London to the Liverpool center that we're using. So it was sort of born out of that. And 
I'd done a couple of marathons and a bit for charity, but for charities that weren't deeply uh, affecting my myself, it was affecting friends or, or things like that. And spoke to, to my wife and we wanted to do something extreme for endometriosis because it's caused her an obscene amount of pain for 10 years. The average average diagnosis is eight to 10 years for people. One in 10 women have it, but it's still relatively untalked about. It's getting a bit more press now, but we wanted to do something a bit wacky. So we came up with this and then decided to do it in one go because if people open their pockets, it needs to it needs to be weird and they, they want to see that that you know when I when I you know when you're in pain they want chaffing they want exactly they exactly you can't just jog around with a or if it's easy yeah um, and yeah it, it came sort of out of that and and then it, it took about seven months to plan it um, because we wanted to do it right so I'm, I'm very close and work very closely with the charity because we weren't just doing it. Um, for a bit of publicity, we wanted money and also all the immeasurable stuff like the awareness and if it helps one person and, and gets one person to go and seek a diagnosis and whatnot. Um, so we put together a team and did all the charity thing and Instagram takeovers and, and, and all of that stuff. So it took about seven months to put together. And then on July the 28th, we started. Is, is there a reason, sorry to go back a bit, is there a reason why it takes such a long time for, for, for diagnosis, I think you mentioned eight years on average. Um, <laughs> yes, there is a reason. One is education and um, a lot of, and to be totally frank, a lot of GPs unfortunately don't understand the disease and nor should they because at the moment, because there isn't the education for them. So a lot of people go um, and to, to be blunt with bad periods um, and they just get told it's a bad period and then they then they go and deal with it for another year or two years or whatever. Um, and that's the main reason. And then, so there's a, there's a lack of understanding and education about it, which is a huge thing that the charity are, are doing to um, improve. And then, you know, people, you have to be pushy. So my wife um, got sick of it and, and decided to just, you know, don't get angry, get even. Yeah. And just started pushing it, and we had to eventually go for some uh, go through private healthcare to, to get it, which is not a available for everybody, and a and b not as it should be. Yeah. So she just got pushy, and that's what I've encouraged everybody who's asked me a question through this, through the publicity from this challenge. I said you've just got to be pushy, and you just got to say no, it's not that, um, and also talking about it because even I think men are notoriously useless at talking about their personal issues, but women and my wife's friendship group have been a little bit as well. So they don't talk and, and, and they all just have their own thing that is bad or whatever. But actually, if you share, you learn that perhaps maybe you have got something abnormal going on and you need to go and push for a second opinion or a third opinion or a fourth opinion. Um, so yeah, NHS Scotland have committed to bringing their diagnosis down time down from, I think, eight to 10 years or whatever it is to, I want to say two years, NHS England are yet to get on board for that, but um, it's going in the right direction, but they're still a little charity. So that's why this whole thing was not just about money, but about sharing and improving awareness and telling people and getting people to talk about it because it's, it's a perceived taboo. It's not a real taboo. Yeah. You know, these are things that happen in people's bodies and people's lives and everybody's got something going on, right? 
It's super important. We had um, just a few weeks ago, it's the first time I'd heard about Cuddlecot and just having these communications um, is so important to share. And like you say, the communication, everyone's got their own struggles, but yeah, if we can just share it. Was it a route that you just kind of piggybacked or was it something that you designed yourself? I designed it myself and it became pretty clear fairly early on that I have no route planning experience or abilities. Um, well, it became clear during the challenge or as you prepped? For- uh, during, mainly. Um, <laughs> but it was set and I, you know, I'd sat, set the thing up with open tracking and I'd told people where to be. The whole, the whole point of the route was I was trying to go through various towns that had a reasonable train link to make it accessible for people who wanted to come and join. Because as you will well know in the ultra runner community, people see something doing something a bit weird and wonderful and they'll be on and come and join. Yeah. It just so happened that the weekend the run was on was one of the many train strike weekends. So it was basically a complete waste of time planning that route. Um, But whatever these are, these, this is all part of the fun. Um, And yeah, a lot of it was the um, grand union canal a lot of it was the Grand Union Canal. And then the other bits were basically, I ran a lot through Milton Keynes okay. and uh, about a marathon on, I think it was Friday morning, about a marathon on an A road at about three in the morning. And, you know, three in the morning, A road time is just lorries and yeah. they are just steaming past you what feels like about five millimeters. Yeah, and their wheels are like, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh, um, and you're tired. And-, and I just went on forever. But. <laughs> It's all part of it. <laughs> it did sound only when I was kind of been looking at some of your Instagram lives, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of traffic noise. I expected this little idyllic Grand Union Canal, little waterways, there's <laughs> lots of traffic zooming past. How did before we get on to how the race panned out? How, how did you train and how did you prepare for such a, you know, it's a massive journey and yeah. it, non-stop as well. You weren't, it wasn't like a stage race where you were sleeping in a hotel. The plan was to keep going. Nah, I mean, hotels are overrated and these sorts of things. You want to you want to really find out some stuff about yourself, I think. Um, I I did a 250k race in March in Sri Lanka, um, but that was in five days, which was sort of the catalyst to really getting this going because we'd had like basic plans in place. And then I changed coaches, got a guy called Sam Village to coach um, who – Again, when, and this is this goes the same for all of my crew. Everyone bought in and got to know my wife and the story and the reason for it. And then he, so I was basically on a run walk plan and just distance from about April. I got a little injury from Sri Lanka um, that I got sorted out. Um, and then in the eight weeks before, the, the thing that I, I, I total total trust and total faith in Sam, which I think you have to for any coach that's preparing you for a big thing. Yeah. Um, so in the eight weeks, the, 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 the heaviest period was in an eight-week an eight period in the build-up, which I did um, six ultras and four marathons, I think, in about um, eight weeks. Ooh, yeah. but, Flying by the seat of your pants there. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was preparing for 370K, so it was, yeah. it was non-optional. Um, and to be honest, I, I ran a marathon. I, um, yeah, I ran a marathon seven or eight, eight days, I think, eight or nine days before starting, which I was I was thought was, gosh, that's there's no taper there. But because I was going so unbelievably slowly for yeah, the entire okay. run, 
I, I didn't really, it, it was more, and my legs needed to be ready to go long, not to go quickly. Um, so again, total faith in him. And with, without that coach, there's, there's a 0% chance it would, it would have gone like it did. Um, so I just, I became a total subordinate and, and listen, I did exactly. I missed maybe one session. Oh, you're the um, come on board, <clears throat> come over to Edwina Sutton coaching. I love a green, <laughs> I love green spots on training peaks. <laughs> it, was a, it was basically a long, you know, build the mileage, loads of long, slow, um, loads of long, slow miles, any strength and conditioning, any faster pace stuff in there. Yeah, so I, I, I basically <clears throat> was doing one and a half on average sessions a week from January. Um, it, it, I didn't put a value on it before that because I just never got around to it. Really, one of the I'm, I'm too busy, all that nonsense. It definitely makes a difference, um, and mainly injury prevention. I didn't get injured during the whole thing, um, and. Yes, I've lost a load of speed and everything um, from plodding for months on end. But yeah, ultras aren't about speed. You don't look at your watch during an, during an ultra. Um, <laughs> not if you, not... <laughs> um, so yeah, it's trying the conditioning. I could not um, exaggerate the value of that anymore. Um, so I, and I was pretty religious. I was I was pretty healthy and sort of stuck to it. And you know, not like weighing my food healthy, but like. My wife eats a lot of vegetables, so therefore so did I. Um, I was very lucky with sponsors for nutritional support and all of that. So everything just everything had to come together for it to go well and did come together. Because like I said earlier, I'm still relatively new to ultra running. Um, so, you know, I needed a lot of stars to align for, for me to be successful in this. And they did. You aligned them, didn't you? Because uh, you that sort of preparation and uh, planning and sticking to a training plan is aligning, slowly putting those stars into order. And I'm sure there was a bit of, if your wife was going through what she'd been through and what she still is going through, you were like, I can do this. You know, I can't. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's always more difficult for somebody else. And, you know, if I can go through 75 hours of pain, she's had 10 years. And I, and I know that's all cliched, but it's actually true. So, you know, one foot in front of the other. I loved your Instagram live update. And I have to say the energy did decline over the, <laughs> over the duration. <laughs> it was quite good. How did it go? You know, obviously you completed the challenge. Awesome. But there'll be loads of uh, little stories along the way. Yeah, How did it pan out? Yeah. How long have you got? Um, <laughs> again, it, it, start, it started magnificently. And I, Arguably, actually, running through London was the worst bit because we had to get out of London. It was stop-start and I had all of this nervous energy and everything built up. And we were, we were still running slowly and there was a decent pack of people, but it was traffic lights and crossing roads and all that nonsense. Um, and then the first um, spanner in the works came about 15K and one of, one of the girls, friend Jordan and I, I'm doing the social media, fell over in the most nonchalant fashion you've ever seen. I, I can't describe how slow and undramatic the fall was, but we were on this sort of gravelly path and she completely split her knee open. Ooh. It must have, it must have like kneecapped to like a small pebble or something. And it split, it was probably about four yeah. inches. Yeah, it's fine. It was amazing. <laughs> um, so thankfully there was four of us uh, together. And all I said if, in hindsight was very rude, but I just said, can I get that bottle of water you're carrying for me? <laughs> and <laughs> oh, okay. you're heavily. It'll be okay. Just move on. 
I know. Um, but again, she did and she came to the finish and everything. Um, so that was the first sort of spanner in the works because then all pass again, the crew did all of this behind uh, behind the scenes, but all passwords for endometriosis, social media and everything had to be exchanged. You know, she ended up having a general anesthetic, but was still working wow. doing social media from the hospital. And so that happened. Um, got up to Watford and that was only 35K in. So, I mean, I was still fresh as a daisy at that stage. Um, and then it was basically Watford where the canal began. Um, and then it was, I can't even remember the order. I got all the way up to Leighton Buzzard in the first stint without really having a stop, which was about 85K. Um, and I felt, I felt amazing. I, I was desperate to keep going. But like we just discussed, you have to listen to the people. But, uh, because it wasn't a race. Yeah. You know, if, if this was a race and there was a hundred people doing it, I think I'd like to think I would probably have done it a bit quicker, but it, it wasn't what it was about. And there was people joining at certain times and whatnot. Um, so I had maybe an hour, an hour horizontal up at Leighton Buzzard, um, some food, some, uh, a big massive plate of mash, sausage and mash, um, depressingly unbuttery mash. <laughs> um, oh, no, smash. Was it, the it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't smash. Um, but it was, yeah, it just wasn't as juicy as I was hoping. Um, and then that's when, yeah, that's when, it, you know, you, your alarm goes on, you're woken up from an hour kip at 1am to go and run. And that's when you start, that's when it starts getting a bit funky. You're a bit um, stiff already and you're like, I'm not even halfway. Yeah. Um, so I was, I wasn't even a quarter of the way. Um Again, I was still in pretty good spirits at that time. Like my stomach hadn't gone um, and my legs were okay just because of volume of training and stuff. Yeah. So it was it, it was when I got up to, I want to say Tamworth, when <laughs> when it started getting a bit, uh, I had to get a bit creative with some toilet stops and stuff <laughs> and, and people running. and Because it's important to know, I didn't spend a single minute by myself on the whole run. Well, did because you enjoy the, that? Was that quite hard? Because I know that I actually, when I'm deep in an ultra, I want to be by myself. If someone comes along and goes, hiya, what races are you doing this year? Yeah. Punch them in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but I had to repeatedly remind myself and be reminded that this was a charity run. Yeah. <laughs> be and friendly. That, be and friendly. that people are giving up their time. There are people with endometriosis, people I've never met, people who, there was a, an old family friend who came to run 200 meters with me um, like it, when when you take a step back and think it's not about the time it's just about finishing that's then, quite then it's okay finding that energy though in the run to then you well know. yeah i totally lost my voice because i just talked the entire time so i talked for 75 hours Brilliant. um <laughs> so i totally lost my so i did a speech at the to go right to the very end i did i had to do a speech and whispered into a megaphone and had the room <laughs> had to be completely silent um which is a bit embarrassing i wanted to say thank you to everybody um yeah. so yeah it was about tamworth it started getting a bit weird but the whole have reason run, to say have you run through the night before yeah i'm pretty comfortable running through um I, and i did a lot of training um i did a lot of 3 a.m training because you know i've got, got a job so i had to do a lot of my long runs at two, three in the morning, well, three, four in the morning. Um, and I, I quite enjoy the night because there's less people to interrupt you. Um, not that I hate the general public. Um, but yeah, the, the reason for saying I was with somebody the whole time is because as ultra runners are well-versed in, you often need to get a bit creative with bowel movements. 
And when you're with people all the time and people often that you don't know particularly well, oh, yeah. you just have to say, it's lovely to see you. Thank you so much for coming. But this, this might be a bit of a gaseous 50 K that we're doing together. <laughs> once you've done a couple of windy pops, yeah. uh, once, once it's out there, then you're fine. And they've heard it once. You're just yeah. going to let it go. Do you know what exactly. triggered the, 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 the tummy troubles? Uh, no, and I mean, in all in all the seriousness, I, I got fairly lucky. I think I didn't have major problems. My medical team, um, my medical team, that makes, that makes me sound a lot grander than I am. Oh, I go with it. Go yeah, with it. my medical team of two, two people the, who... With yeah. a compete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mum with a uh, tuber grip. Um, my medical team... Um, we're a little bit worried at one stage about renal failure because that was I was just weeing loads. Um, but much more entertaining was the other end. Um, so I, I, that about Tamworth, which was Saturday morning, about two in the morning. I've got vivid memories of that. That's when it. That's when it started going wrong because I was trying to get to a park run to do park run in the morning. Um, so up until so I mean, let's, I got Thursday, Friday. I got two in a bit days. Um, that's pretty good. So, like, yeah, that, you know, that's quite a long time before things start going south. Um, I'd made a start line one for one race. And <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my stomach was all over the place. Again, nothing new. I, I didn't try anything new in, in about the four months before. I was pretty set with um, with my nutrition. What was your nutrition? It's one of the questions, so we're jumping with it in now. Did you have a, what was your fueling plan? Yeah, so um, I was trying to get between 50 and 90, 90 grams of carbs an hour, which, as you guys will know, is a lot harder in reality. Um, but I generally used Morton uh, gels um, and then the Morton sachets okay. of carb drink and then a load of Tailwind for all my liquid stuff. And then for the first couple of days there was a plan and then it became a what can I stomach yeah. um so again I did have some smash in the van um loads of pot noodles I don't want to see them for a while <laughs> um and then you know the classic Haribos and, and whatnot and then once it started to go wrong it was a case of um Rini who was sort of tracking all my food uh, it was like we need to. He needs to get food in, so just tempt him with anything that he'll have. So I ended up having a, a full McDonald's, um, large chicken nugget meal, chips, um, which <sighs> probably I wouldn't advise. But I had a large chips and I had you know ten chicken nuggets, so I actually I got a load of calories in. Yeah. So. I bet that was the first time Randy McGregor endorsed a chicken McNuggets. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, there's a photo. She really couldn't actually join. She was sort of from a distance. But one of the girls who is also a dietitian around with me, there's a photo of her holding a 20 box of chicken nuggets next to me looking totally disheveled. Um, so yeah, I, I followed it pretty well. Um, I mean, my, one of my favorite stories of the whole thing, I'll tell you now, is actually near the end, but it's a nutrition-based story. So I was up in, um, there's about 40K to go to Runcorn, so about 70K total left. And one of my friends joined the run at one in the morning or midnight or something. He had joined after a two-day knees up in Norway, in Oslo, and a night out in the Northwest. <laughs> 
So he he turned up not sober, and it was just me and him for this section. It, in hindsight, and I'll go to the end of the story quickly. In hindsight, it became the nonsense that I needed because it made me switch on because I was basically babysitting. But at that stage, I was only comfortable with Haribos and Pringles. So he gave me a handful of Haribos, and I said, oh, "Look, I'd no more for now." Fifteen minutes later, I said, "Can, can I have some more?" And he'd eaten every single, this entire bag of Haribos because he was drunk and desperate for food. You know, that was his kebab, basically. I then had some Pringles. I said, look, another 10 minutes. I turned around and he poured, poured the entire, poured, not even put, poured the rest of the Pringles in the bin. So I was like, right, great. And there's a picture of him after running about 40k and me and I when he finished I was 355k in and if you didn't know what either either of us looked like (laughs) he there's a picture of my wife like cradling him holding him he said can I can I have a hug and I'm I'm sat there you know chatting away whatever looking reasonable going all I wanted was a Haribo (laughs) so yeah I mean it'll it stays with me it's a story anyway Cool. I saw actually some pictures. You had two watches. Was there a reason for that? Uh, yes, I actually, well, actually had three. I had one of the Garmin Enduros in my pack as well because, purely for selfish reasons, I wanted the sing. I wanted a single Strava map. Classic. I didn't want stage one, day one, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just so I had, and obviously we had all battery packs and everything. So every single one. So so my left watch was was this one, which is my yeah. favourite. It's it's actually a bit old. It's a Phoenix Five, Phoenix Five now, but I, but I love it. And then on my right watch, I had one of the solar powered ones, and then I had the Enduro in the back. Um, just be, like I said, because I, I was desperate to have that single map. To have the map, um, yeah. <laughs> all, and, and I do, so it was totally worth it. So it's, no, it's definitely worth it. I look back on some of my races where the watches died, <clears throat> like five miles to go. So, yeah, that's great. Well, about last one for me, Eddie, before. Um, Favourite shoe from the challenge? Do you remember one shoe fondness? So long, slow, Asics gel, um, Cumulus 23s, I think I was in mainly. Um, I wore, I had three pairs of them on rotation uh i went to trail shoes a couple of times um i wear the nike pegasus trail um whatever their latest version is but they got a bit heavy great great shoe but got a bit heavy um but they've got a big toe box which was great um and then i and then i actually put um my vapor flies on a couple of times because i just needed to feel something different um how but was I put the carbon plate when you're walking though? Did you get your four percent out of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fastest mile of 12 minutes. Um, so that was totally pointless. But uh, I just I put them on because I just needed walking's obviously a bit rubbish in them. Um I don't have any, but I do have some um carbon, uh not quite carbon, but oh, but they do feel quite they give a bounce back, don't they? That when you're tired. Oh yeah, it was just a just a change it up really but yeah i lived in the asics um just super comfy i trained in them um and then like i said I had three pairs and you know as you, as you know changing socks all the time so it feels new and so so they were uh, i will never move away from those shoes i, I absolutely love them for long slow stuff cool. did you have a pacing plan or did you just go by feel presumably with all these people you had to kind of keep to all a schedule of some sorts yeah i i made pr- i was pretty blunt with people that i would run at the front of the pack so I wasn't because you know it's like subconsciously you'll chase 
whoever's the quickest. Um, I was for the first day and a half, two days, I was on a, a 25 minute run, five minute walk strategy. Um, just to gather some energy that eventually went to a 20 and 10 strategy. So everything was in half hour blocks the entire time. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't run a single, I tried not to run a single mile of the first, uh, hundred, anything close to nine minute miles because what was to come was going to be horrible. Yeah. Um, and then I would, I would mix up that, that 20, 10, I would do 10, five, 10, five or, or whatever. Um, and then the tighter and tighter I got, I, I I told people I was with, and I said, "You need to just direct me. I just need to focus one foot in front of the other." Um, and then it was only it was only on the actual on the third because it took three just over three days in terms of twenty four hour blocks. Um, uh, it was only on during the third twenty four hours that that just wasn't working. So I just let the person with me come up with a bit of a plan. But the whole thing was to get get you know break the back of it with a plan, stick to it, and then yeah, when it all as, goes to pot, just when it all goes it, to pot, just zone in to the finish. Exactly. Yeah. Did you see how much sleep did you get? Uh, about three and a bit hours total. Um, I didn't. I didn't actually want to sleep. I think I said earlier my my, my first time at Leighton Buzzard, but um, in hindsight, it was it was it was a sensible thing to do. <sighs> Could I have done it on less? Possibly. It was weird. Like I had a 20 minute snooze at one stage in the middle of the day when the van was absolutely roasting and I woke up like I'd just been in a sauna, but I then felt good for the couple of hours after it. So I think like you said, if you're not racing, then have a bit of sleep. (laughs) Exactly. And I would, I would like to, one day I'd like to do the Thames ring 250 um, and try and go without sleep for that. Um, because I, I tried, because this was, I think this ended up in miles. It was about 230, I think 370K is, something like that. Um, and I tried to put myself on the leaderboard of a, of a 200, like tried to extrapolate out to put myself on the leaderboard of a 250 mile race. Yeah. I think I would have done okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I know. You need to hit Paul I, Mason up. He's very familiar with the Thames Ring 250. Did he do the double? So he did 500, I think, on that Yeah, route. this year, yeah. I, I'm, I'm friends, good friends with John Stocker as well, oh. who is, um, I think, course record holder there. I mean, I'm, I'm very small chance of me ever chasing him down. But, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to hate, a little part of me wanted to hate running after this thing, you know, get fat and play golf. <laughs> but turns out, still love running. what uh a highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows on these ultra runs have you got any vivid memories of the high high and the low low? yeah the last official sort of checkpoint was run corn um and my wife was there and a load of my friends were there to run like the last 25k or whatever it was I knew as soon as I got to run corn that it, that it was done. I like, there was no chance of me not finishing the last 23 K or 25 K. Um, so that was, that was class. And and the start was amazing. Um, the whole, the charity CEO came down, uh, loads of friends and family came to the start. So that was pretty heartwarming really. Um, and that, it just gave me an enormous boost. There was so many little highs and so many people that turned up. I didn't know were turning up There's a friend who I'd met at the backyard ultra this year. Um, I'd met ran with for two laps, drove from Kent to run 50 K. Wow. Um, 
friend flew down from Scotland to run the park run with me. Uh, Parkrun, I must say, parkrun was a massive high because they made a thing and I didn't come last, which was amusing. Which Um, parkrun was it that you jumped um, into? Canic Chase. It felt like a really obvious uh, fundraising opportunity. And it was. We Uh, made made a few hundred quid there because, you know, it's it's ready-made customers. Um, So... Yeah, that that was that was brilliant because I was I had, a, I had my biggest low just before Parkrun, trying to get there the night before. I just sat down um, on the side. There's a video of the, the three girls I was running with dancing around, and I'm just sat there full grump. Um, so you know, I'm still amazed pretty- you managed to run with people like the whole way and be polite and curt. You're you're an excellent ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> it won't happen again. <laughs> Do you think when you finished that you achieved what you set out to achieve? Did you have uh, a yeah. of fulfillment? Yeah, huge feeling of fulfillment because we made knocking on the door almost twenty thousand pounds for the charity. Amazing. And there, I've been to the offices of the charities where we started. They're a tiny little charity, so hopefully it makes a massive difference. And also, I, I proved to myself that it was possible. Um, my parents, who were in the crew, who are not sort of ultramarathon au fait, if you like, um, I think had a few doubts about it because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not really built for ultra running. I'm quite heavy. Um, I'm a 13 stone I've only been doing it for less than two years at the time and stuff. So it had to be stupid to raise money, but I also wanted to prove to myself and I did. And because of the charity thing and all the stuff that came after it and all the the compliments and people being very lovely and everything, I didn't really get post-run blues. Um, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I I was really expecting them. And somebody said, I I made what turned out to be quite a poignant quote um, after somebody said, did you get post-run blues? And I said, well, I try to live my life in multicolor. So what's one more? Oh. Not to realize it. And I know, I know. Is I mean, When and, you said it, were you like? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know it was coming. I thought, oh, I've absolutely <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, but it's absolutely true. I, I absolutely, of course it was horrible, but I loved it. It was so, so much fun. Of course it was like, it was very much type two fun, mm. but it really, it, it was class. Like people, people turns out there's loads of lovely people still left in the world. There's loads of lovely things that happen. You could, the, the body can do some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, it can do terrible stuff to itself. And, uh, yeah. and we've interviewed quite a lot of people that have done like challenges. But they say, and what I always find astounding is people like you that do them by themselves off their own back. And it would be so easy for you to be like on a canal in the middle of the night, second night, and just go, I'm not, this is, what am I doing? But everybody always talks about the kindness of the strangers. And that's what makes the challenges is uh, meeting other people and people giving up their time. And that's the real inspiration. And I bet it gave your wife an amazing feeling of she wasn't alone because that's the big thing about this illness, isn't it? Is that you feel very alone and it's so degrading and she must have felt like in such a circle of love and well that's that was one of the things i think i touched on it earlier all of the crew got to know her story a little bit and got to either they either knew or got to know her and that was pretty heartwarming um and hopefully you know like i said it, it proves to her that she's not doing this alone and obviously her and i are going through this this whole fertility journey together and everything 
but I can't experience the physical. Cause I am healthy, which is great because it's one less bridge to cross, but she can't, you know, I can't go through it. So I've got to, I, I wanted to do something. Yeah. Um, and to go off at a complete tangent, you talk about the kindness of strangers. One of the funniest interactions with a stranger, we ran through, I think, Nuneaton at about two in the morning and some fella fell out the slug and lettuce. And of course there's four of us with running packs on and I've got an endometriosis t-shirt on and everything. (laughs) He was like, what are you dressed like that for? You idiot. (laughs) And uh, that was not verbatim. Um, It was a lot, it was a lot less clean. Um, And we had these little cards made with QR codes on. So I gave him one of those. I said, oh, I'm doing a long run for charity. Would you like to donate? So I gave him one. Didn't catch his name, so he may, he may well have donated. Who knows? But yeah, the kindness of strangers, all the nonsense of, of strangers and these things, that's, that's what keeps you going. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. So amazing. And um, Can people still donate listening to a story now on the podcast? Where can they find uh, a link? Maybe reading a bit more about your story and your journey. Yeah, uh, the, the full story is on, is on the Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com slash fundraising slash London to Liverpool 350. It's also on my Instagram Um there's there's the links all John over it. The, the, ori- the original John. The original. original. <laughs> I was like, where is he gone? And then he was like, oh no, he's the original. He is the original. There's loads of John Davis. Do you know how many John Davises there are in the world? I do not. <laughs> Hundreds. I was like, where's he gone? The original. He's the original. Um, our last question for me before we jump into Gary's favorite part of the interview, the quick five. How is the recovery going? Was it pretty brutal when you stopped, when you finished? Um, how the legs, how's the body? Yeah, fine. Um, I had the, the When I go longer than I've ever been before, I have the obligatory sort of night sweats. And the, the first night was awful, um, oh. the Sunday night. I, I actually sweated through three towels. Oh, it's awful, isn't um, it? Which was oh. amusing. And then I went to work on Monday, so I had to um, get back down to London, albeit this time by train, um, on the Monday afternoon. So I kind of didn't have long. I, I, I wasn't injured, which was pertinent to all the training, all the S and C. Um, and yeah, I'm doing London at the weekend uh, with oh, no. In, thank you. No intention of running quickly because I just haven't got it in me. Because everybody, everybody seems to say it's three months to be fully recovered from the the real big stuff, and I've only been two. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, a marathon is a marathon it's it's a cool marathon to go and do um but yeah i'm i'm fine i i fueled i, I had an appetite straight away which was a great sign um so yeah is a thousand kilometers possible i don't know so yeah i'm not gonna ask <laughs> i was gonna ask i'm gonna leave that i'm gonna leave that door open for you to keep thinking about i'd like to know actually what you're going for vip flies or your asics on sunday uh, neither, actually. Um, I was very kindly given the space by Up and Running, so they sent some um, fuel cell uh, New Balance, balance. Um, and they're really nice. They're orange and purple, which is much more important than the What's quality the of the shoe. Outfit color. Um, it's a white, blue, and green vest, fuchsia pink shorts, one turquoise sock, one pink sock, purple and yellow shoes. I mean, any I, other questions? Morton Gels. <laughs> you got Morton Gels. Morton, uh, one Morton, one Morton caffeine, a uh, couple of cliff blocks, probably. There we go. I yeah. found an interesting fact, Morton Gels. A friend of mine, he has a nutrition uh, sugar intolerance. Um, so any like long distance running, he has a problem with. But the way that Morton 
gels are made up, he can eat them. So, and you is there sugar is broken right down? Ah. Isn't it? It's the most broken down sugar that okay. tends to be the quickest to go into there. So they claim to go into yeah. the blood. Well, if, if, if it's good for Elliot, it's good enough for me. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. Quick five. Oh, let's scroll down. Scroll down. Are you fun of karaoke, John? Huge fan of karaoke. Oh, awesome then. <laughs> I pitched these. <laughs> what is your favourite karaoke song? It's karaoke song or set. What do you test the crowd out with? Test the crowd you... with You Raise Me Up by Westlife. Oh my God, you start with that. That's a big opener. Yeah, then I'd take things down a little bit, go down to Desperado by the Eagles. Classic, yeah. Um, and then what would I finish with? Um, oh, goodness, I don't know what I would finish with. Some blockbuster crowd, you know. I don't know, a bonjo, a bonjo. Okay, the arms waving, no, the light is out. We're looking for something, we're looking for a bonjo if you're living on a prayer, something like that. Yeah, something massive. Um, <laughs> or let the let the crowd choose. Um, oh, and improvise. Super confident in karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note at this stage, I have a very poor singing voice, just a lot of beer-based confidence when karaoke comes out. <laughs> it's one thing I've never, ever done karaoke. Oof, I'll be terrified. Absolutely. My mate, my mate got a karaoke machine for her birthday and <laughs> waiting for the invitation. And we don't, we're just going to go around for the evening, her and me, and we're just going to all night perform to each other. Let me know I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. If aliens landed on Earth and offered to take you home with them, would you go? Yeah, as long as they've got Instagram live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're in uh, Nuneaton and Subway Sandwich is open. Which one are you getting? Sorry, did you do well, Nuneaton on your, on your, on your run con? Yeah, we, we, we did, but uh, Nuneaton and run con, it was a tour of some of uh, England's most colourful towns. I think, yeah, you were a stalk too, yeah. Yeah. Um, footlong meatball marinara, hearty Italian, lettuce, peppers and mayonnaise toasted with cheese. Next question. Wowzers. Title. <laughs> that would take me about three hours to choose if I went there. I've never been to one. Like, so what That's do a messy sandwich, though, John. It's what a messy sandwich. Do, but... What do I put in? And John would be like, I'm in, I'm out. I've eaten two. Let's go. <laughs> Title of your autobiography. I actually said recently, I'm not sure if my life is book worthy, but I would like to live a life that is book worthy. Title of my autobiography. Oh, <laughs> embracing nonsense. Oh, I was going to go with colours of my life. Oh, that's oh, that's good. Yeah, or and then with a quote underneath from my poignant quote from earlier, because I'm I'm dining out on that for a long time. I love that one. Just add a bit of blue. That'll live forever. That <laughs> worst job you have ever had. Um, Don't say now. I was going to say, no, no, I love my job. But the industry I work in is quite incestuous in that way that people often move around companies. Um, although the worst job I ever had was when I was young, I worked, I think I did about three shifts, calling up old, it was when I was at university, calling up old university alumni to ask them for money for oh, the university. Uh, and cool. I hated it so much that... I, <laughs> this is what a terrible excuse this was, but I claimed to them I had a shaving cut 
on my lip that just wouldn't stop bleeding. So I had to go home because all I used to, after, after a couple of shifts, it was so bad. I just turned up and just used to call my mate and talk to him for, for four hours. <laughs> but it was because I, I learned very quickly that, hi, um, you graduated from this university. Would you like to give us some money? Well, no, obviously not, because you fleeced me for all of my money when I was there. I'm still yeah. paying my yeah. student loan off. <laughs> so, so that was, without a doubt, the worst job. That is rubbish. It probably set you up, though. Made, made some, uh, you learned some good communication skills in those three shifts. Yeah. Yes, I'm very grateful to them for the skills I developed. Yes. <laughs> John, thank you. What, what, what a lovely way to spend a Tuesday laughing and giggling, but um, in all sincerity, incredibly impressive feat doing it not for yourself in any way for others. Um, and I'm sure that it meant the world, not only to your wife, but to, to both the charity and the number of women. And hopefully if anybody is listening who is worried about any pain or heavy bleeding or anything during the period that something doesn't feel right, always good to go and check. And as John, yeah. we alluded at the beginning of the podcast, never give up. Don't suffer in silence with anything. Um, just keep knocking on that door um, and know that there is support out there. I think also in the show notes we'll put a link to um, the charity pages where you can find more right. details yeah. as well uh, huge congratulations john on such thank a good you yeah. on any other big endeavors <clears throat> yeah and look forward to seeing the outfit that you're wearing in london marathon it will brighten up my day yeah. it's the most That's important the part yeah thank you very much that was a lot, lot of fun Thank you so much. Hopefully uh, we've put all the links on the show notes if you want to go and donate a little bit or want to know a little bit more about the charity. Uh, We just did a bit of um, stalking. Uh, We saw he he did very well at the London Marathon. First half in one hour 32. Ooh, second half, one hour 47. (laughs) Uh, finished in a very credible three hours 19 and on his instagram he said he's ready to go back to the trails i hear you uh thank you so much john for giving up the time for coming on the podcast we look forward to hearing about your next adventures i'll be happy with 319 yeah i'd take a 319 right now be happy with that over on facebook we've got our super sapiens competition running uh go over there this is this is a chance of a lifetime two winners win three patches super simple just post on facebook your biggest sugar crash and its consequences quite a few entries already some good pictures some good some hilarious there is (laughs) A couple of uh, stories to make you snort your tea. Competition closes the 11th of October. Um, Becky posted a question about, because now when you go on the Super Sapiens webpage, you can only subscribe to the patches. And people were like, well, I just want to try. I don't really want to subscribe. So I emailed Fitz, who was our sort of go-between for the podcast. And she said, you can subscribe, but you can cancel your subscription at any time. So if you want, you could just subscribe, get your order. They just need to make a note to make sure you do cancel your subscription if you decide not to carry on uh but if you've had a go or if you're going to have a go let us know how you get on with the patches um and do enter the competition great prize there i saw some people on sunday actually winning with their glucose monitors on yeah they were the super sapien ones too i couldn't wear mine now because of the lion bar incident they would have sent it absolutely um <laughs> Whoop, whoop, there'd be an alarm. I wonder if they had like an audio alarm too. I know you get a little notification. That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Oh, Brins would just be constantly, eh, you were in a very high show, or then, uh, very low show. <laughs> right, we've got to move on. We've got, we've got guests to talk to. Oh Come on, let's, let's wrap this up. Coming up races, yeah, Langdale Horseshoe. Now, this is the final counter for the English 
Championships 2022, 11 o'clock start, um, 21k and 1400 meters of elevation. <laughs> and yeah, it's not for the faint hearted, actually. Um, <laughs> if you're at all unsure about your ability to complete the course safely, then you should gain more experience and come back another year. It's pretty much black and white. It does say, you know, it's an unpleasant uh, weather in October is really uh, pleasant and you're often in the clag. Uh, you're on a exclusively rocky and slippy ground. So yeah, best of luck, everybody. I hope the weather is okay because that will make enormous difference. Uh, yeah, good luck to everybody. No GPS apparently, so don't rock up there with your GPS. You might get disqualified. Uh, a completely different race down south <laughs> is the ninth running of the Downswick Ultra, 38 miles from St. Martha's Hill in Surrey. You'll know St. Martha's Hill if you ever run around the North Downs Way. It's that bit you run up there. It's a heinous little hill up to the sand, but beautiful church at the top. It runs all the way down to the sea to Shoreham by the sea, uh, crosses the low wheeled and mostly follows its two former railway lines, long, straight, flat packed trail. Um, uh, a great race. Um, we believe the Downsink Ultra is an ideal first ultra for anyone wishing to step up to the distance. That's what it says on their webpage. And I would agree. Good luck if you're running any of the races this weekend. I saw a race over in British Columbia too. Well, I mean, Canada. One of our listeners, Steve what are you Taylor. Doing going over there, Gary? What do you want to do <laughs> going over there to Canada? I'd reach out. We've got such a wide net. But yeah, Steve Taylor's doing the Wanderer Moose 42k trail race over in British Columbia. I bet that'll be awesome, actually. And he's raising money for Parkinson's disease too. So great race and a worthy cause. Best of luck, Steve. More racing, Eddie. More racing tonight. Oh, it's a tough one. And it's tough because Bryn's not here this week. And so I have to literally, the kids don't finish their activities until like 20 to eight, get them home. I always feel really guilty. I just have to like go, okay, there's your, there's your tea. I'm going in the back room. I, they were still awake when I went upstairs and they're so good. They put themselves to bed and they're just lying in their bed, like reading their books or whatever. <laughs> and Rory was like, who are you talking to, Mum? You were shouting downstairs. I was like, oh, was I shouting? Oh, no. Anyway, this race is quite long, so that hopefully they'll definitely be asleep by the time they finish. Around 40K, I think it is. Oh, sweet Lord. Um, so got that. It was such a relief when it's finished. And then Bake Off's on because we're an hour ahead and I can like, oh, the come down. Thank God, that's over for a um, With my bowl of Rice Krispies. This week, I'm going to do another hike. Pray for the butt cheeks and a long run as well. No hiking, all running. I'm just going easy, really, for the rest of my running. This is my, my only hard effort is tonight on my bike yeah. because well, I can't because the DOMS is real deal. <laughs> um, just uh, yeah, just starting to do this the long stuff of my spine training. Any more kit? I'm just thinking. Uh, I, I after the week in the rain, my waterproof gloves, my mountain ones. Wh- when I took them off, the liner got like yeah. is that one these are the, the prisms ones? no they're not my pr- i have prism mittens but yeah. these are like waterproof like um gloves so okay. fingers i took them off to do something probably do a wee and then i could not get them back on with the liner because they were so wet oh yeah and so then i couldn't get my little finger in and i was like this is this is only an hour and a half outside oh my god so or a ding 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 my spine just throw money at it (laughs) i've got i've bought some slightly bigger ones because what it's what a stupid thing if you can't get your hand back into the glove with the liner and it's probably my own fault that they asked they're fine when they're probably a little bit too small it's it's a good point you've got to have your gloves that you can do all of your admin you know things go wrong fair enough you need to take them off but generally need to be able to eat open packets drink and all those bits and bobs 
because if you take them off and it's raining and they don't go back on and then you stop eating, it's this kind of downward spiral. And for me, that's, we've, I've got history there. So I'm going for some seal skin ones next and seeing if they're a little bit better. And don't worry, because this week it's lovely and then next week it's due to rain for the next two weeks. So I'll have plenty of practice. What about you, Gary? Oh. I've got cross-country gear on Sunday. Ooh. Bay, second fixture. It's on a Sunday too, which... Obviously, if you're doing your long run, let's cock that up because I'll do that on, <laughs> I'll do the long run on Saturday. So I'm going to be tired on uh, Sunday. Maybe I'll do the long run Friday. I don't think I'll have time for that. So it's not ideal, but it's just the way it is. Fingers crossed, I can still score. That's always my goal for cross country. Got the sessions for the week, our tempo run, just only 20 minutes. That's not too bad. Then fartlek or even some 400. So I think the fartlek will be the cross country. I think that's probably good. And my sessions will be the 10 times 400 and the 20 minute uh, threshold tempo run. I'm not too sure when I'll do those Thursday and Tuesday. I've got, I'd like to do more strength work this week if possible, trying to fit that in. Just maybe another, I'm doing three at the moment, maybe four if I can find the time. And the energy. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's mainly, I just find it really boring. <laughs> Do you? I yeah. love strength work. I'm fed up with lying on my rug, doing my press-ups and stuff. So well, Mix it up, Gary. Mix it up. I yeah. always try and aim not to do like a plank or a press-up. I always try and think outside the box, but because I write my own, it's a bit different. Hmm. But I always try and like think of creative exercises or I put like two or three exercises together to make it more interesting than I refuse to lie on the rug and do a plank because I'm like that is I hate it and also I would never lie on a on a rug the plank is very important to be able to do to be able to progress to other exercises yeah before anyone goes oh she gives me plank in my program all the time (laughs) but um I I like to progress and I like to mix it up so that yeah lying on the mat I just go sleep yeah 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 it's a bit dull but it's you know if I put too much friction in between me and the exercise it won't happen so I need to just get up <laughs> and like I mentioned earlier just thinking about ways to add more vert to the week but without smashing me up in the process um I think that weighted hike but I'm such a running junkie um and I don't know why we hear every time on the podcast about people doing these like um spine race or these race across Scotland you know manage improve your hiking and but I still can't just take my eye off running get yourself a lion bar nice pair of poles good rucksack and head off you love it (laughs) so yeah if i can if you see me on strava doing a weighted hike you know uh, that's what i've done this week i've got an awesome vest though i just kind of have these little metal i look like it's some kind of um, stab vest or something though when i'm walking around it's not a great look (laughs) but it's pretty good for weighted hikes um but yeah that's my week any loving, any loving coming in this week, Gary? <laughs> well, it's um, it's old love from the other week, but you didn't read it. I've, I've checked actually. I've checked. There's no more new love <laughs> on my blog. Uh, love run got mentioned actually. I'm gonna have to paint in the love run. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this inspirational and motivational—that's awesome. That is uh, five stars. Love the perfect mix of humor and information. And informative content. I look forward. Oh, to- you! Oh, Gary, just just the reading today has just been. Well, you want to don't stop. 
<laughs> I look forward to getting my weekly fix, which has provided me with motivation to get out training and recently enter a trail half marathon. I will never reach he standards of the oh, standards you know of yourself. There. You know it's there. I will never reach the standards of yourself. Or your guests. But your friendly banter, it was friendly. It's something friendly at the moment, listeners. <laughs> and advice. I don't mean to him. I joke you not. We've done some of these takes four times today. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, patience now has gone. All right, now you totally lost me. Generally makes me feel part of the trail community. Keep the good work, Jimmy, over an Apple podcast, Great Britain, 9th, September 17th, 2022. We are part of the community. Sorry, Gary, I'm laughing at you, but you're hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I can see it coming. I can see it coming when you... The cog's turning. The cog's turning, Jimmy. Thanks so much for your review and good luck with your trail half marathon. Let us know how it goes. It might have happened. Best of luck, Jimmy. Right. That was episode... Let's finish, let's finish as friends, Gary. But we still got two hours Gary. to go. <laughs> We're not finished yet. <laughs> we've, got, we've got four hours with me. We better get friends again before. Um, before. Do you do that? I do that with Bryn sometimes. If we don't, we don't really argue. I don't think we've ever like. I can't even record like a massive argument, but we do bicker. Binter, I was going to say, we do bicker occasionally. And then I'm like, well, we're going to have to say sorry because someone, we've got to speak again to each other because let's, <laughs> like a hundred years, we've got to face. How long are we going? Oh, I'm sorry. And it's always me. I'm sorry. Really. I don't know. No, I don't. Um... Don't do that. No, don't apologize. I'll go to bed on a. I'll go to bed on an argument. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Always have to say so. I was so grumpy the uh, last Wednesday when it just rained and it rained and the kids were still doing all their activities in the rain. I came back in and I was like done with the rain and stormed in and like tea wasn't ready. The dogs hadn't been walked, but this bloody table tennis table that we won at the football thing was being set up and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and yeah, then, priorities. And, and Brynn was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll take the dogs out. You do the tea, blah, blah, And my eldest went, you need to say a big sorry to daddy about the way you talk to him. I was like, too right. Oh, dear. Let's do it straight away. Let's pull the Band-Aid off. Sorry, I was grumpy. Let's move on. Anyway, Gary, sorry for picking you up on your... Don't have to apologise. Anyway, there we are. We've ended on a happy note. That was episode 110. My gosh, I need some tea after that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you to the patrons. Thank you to Cheer Charge for continuing to support the show, sending bars to guest competition winners and keeping Gary and I fueled. Oh, my God, do I need fuel at the the moment. There's going to be nothing left of me after all these hikes and runs. Uh, I might need to look at a new Mars bar sponsors. Generally being all-round super support to everyone out on the trails. I hope you have a good week, everybody. I'm Eddie Sutton. And I'm Gary Thwaites. And let's run to the hills. (laughs) 